Welcome to our fourth Hakel podcast called Classic Take, where we will discuss a fundamental concept of Mashiach and try to become more knowledgeable in it and try to internalize it better. A very, very fundamental discussion which takes place when it comes to Mashiach is if there's a way of rationalizing it. Can we discuss Mashiach in a way that it doesn't sound like some fairy tale, some type of story from La La Land, something unrealistic? Could we, is there a way of understanding Mashiach in a way that we could speak to other people and to ourselves about it in a way that it will really resonate within us? This is a very, very important point, and many people have made attempts to explain Mashiach, which is very important. But uh, as usual, there's no black and white answer to the question. There are a number of points that I would like to highlight over here. First of all, when it comes to Mashiach, it's very important to realize that there are multiple layers and understandings of Mashiach. One cannot compare the Rambam's description of Mashiach to the description of Mashiach found in many other sources. Rambam gives, so to say, a very rational approach to Mashiach. Rambam compares Mashiach to David HaMelech. David HaMelech was a historical fact, a king that lived in history, and his error is a historical fact that doesn't seem very super rational to many people. People don't find it hard to believe that David HaMelech ever lived and accomplished what he accomplished. And Mashiach is a reflection of David HaMelech. He will do, take David HaMelech's activities and do them on a much larger scale, but his basic mission is like David HaMelech. He will fight the wars of Hashem. He will establish true Jewish independence in Eretz Yisrael. He will build a Beis Hamitosh. He will gather in the Jewish exiles, just indifferent, indifferent to David HaMelech, which only ruled over the neighboring countries. Mashiach will rule the whole world. And his influence will be much greater. David HaMelech's influence eventually faded. Mashiach's influence will be eternal. But in essence, the activities of Mashiach, the Rambam very strongly highlights, do not involve alteration of nature, introducing new things into creation. It's the same old world as we had before. Just Mashiach will be a leader that will have the capabilities to change things around for the better, for bring good for the Jewish people. Dramam also describes how certain historical developments the Abisher put into place specifically in order to prepare the world for Mashiach. For example, it is probably well known, Dramam explains that the reason why the Abishter brought about different religions, Christianity and Islam, which in one way or another oppose Judaism, oppose Yiddishkeit, is specifically in order to prepare the world for Mashiach. The Rambam writes that we cannot understand Abish's ways. And even though these events to us would appear as things that are completely contradicting Judaism and how many Jewish people were killed and, 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 and or lost their faith because of the rise of these other religions, nevertheless, Rambam says that in essence, Hashem's real plan with these religions is to prepare the world for Mashiach. How? The Rambam says, in order that all the nations of the world should one day serve the Ebishter, they needed to have some religion which is somewhat similar to Torah, something that, a religion that speaks about Mashiach, a religion that speaks about mitzvahs, and like this, they're learning about it, they're hearing about it, obviously they have their own version of it. But when the true Mashiach will come, he'll come on the scene and he'll be successful in a very clear way, then all the other nations which were already indoctrinated with the idea of a Mashiach, the idea of 
a you know that that obligation of the world is to serve Hashem, they will realize, hey, this is really the real Mashiach. We must have gotten it wrong, and thereby they will leave whatever they believed before, and they will ser- and they will listen to Mashiach. So, in other words, there's a certain natural process, so to say, where at least uh, obviously we don't fully comprehend Abish's full plan for it, but we see a little bit how Abishit is already setting within events that seem to us as natural developments. He's preparing the world for Mashiach. The Rambam also describes Mashiach as being someone who is exceptionally wise, even smarter than Shleim HaMalach, King Solomon, who was so wise that all the nations of the world that weren't Jewish came to hear his wisdom, and Mashiach will be much greater in wisdom, and obviously he will attract all the people to come and hear his wisdom. So this again is a description of Mashiach which does not require a supernatural change. It is different than what we know of today, but it's something that we could at least understand, analyze, internalize, and so on and so forth. The same thing is also in many other ways that Amram discusses how the days of Mashiach will be in abundance There'll be abundance of of physical uh, needs and delicacies and everything that we need will have an abundance. And we could see in in developments, in modern day developments, scientific developments, electronic developments, technology and so on and so forth are, so to say, doing in a very natural way. Um, They're preparing the world for a state where there will be no hunger, no war, and so on and so forth. So many of the predictions of Mashiach, of a future where people are able to just dedicate themselves to just serve, to learn about Hashem, to delve deeper into the wisdom of Hashem, we could explain naturally today how these things are developing. And this is, you know, obviously a very strong, powerful tool that we could harness when we want to explain how we see Mashiach in the world. We could use these things that are happening to explain the, how these predictions are not something so foreign, so outlandish. These are things that if we really look into what's happening, we can see them already is taking place today. So obviously, on a very basic level, the, there are a number of components of Mashiach which we could explain within a natural framework. That is definitely true and very, very important to keep in mind. At the same time, however, that is not the full picture. And I will just highlight a few points. There's obviously many angles to this discussion. But just to have a, a more well-rounded picture, just want to highlight a number of other points to keep in mind when we try to understand Mashiach. We all know that the Firdik Rebbe quoted the words of the Rebbe Rashab, that he said that exile was not done by our own will, by our own power, nor will the redemption take place with our own power. Nishmit unzer koyach, villains and regangen and golos, it wasn't our will that we went into exile, Hashem put us in exile, and won't be with our own will and strength that we will leave exile. What he's trying to say is, is that exile and redemption is a godly process. It is not something that we could just regulate to natural cause and effect, and the different events that happened that transpired that caused the exile and similarly redemption will just be some type of natural process. One day some guy will stand up and he will wage wars and whatever, he'll do something, he'll convince the nations to leave us alone and he'll bring us all back to the land of Israel and so on and so forth. The 
future redemption represents a godly process, first and foremost, a process which is reflected in nature, but inherently is a godly revelation. It's not, it's not a pure natural phenomenon. It's very important to keep in mind that while we see how nature itself and the things going on in the world are preparing the world for Mashiach, we have to keep in mind that in essence, Mashiach is not a natural phenomenon, which means it's not it's not just a bunch of scientific inventions and a bunch of people getting together and saying, hey, you know, let us try to, you know, bring Mashiach ourselves. The coming of Mashiach is inherently a godly revelation, a godly revelation unparalleled in the past. It's not just a godly revelation like the miracles that we've had in the past, but in essence, this is something which never took place before. So, in essence, the re- revelation of Mashiach, essentially, conceptually, is something which completely transcends nature. If one would try to limit Mashiach to a very natural, rational understanding, he is missing, in a certain sense, a very fun, you know, the most fundamental aspect of Mashiach, or, or he's definitely missing a, a core under, a, a core ingredient in understanding Mashiach. Even the Rambam's, so to say, rational discussion of Mashiach cannot be understood as a pure natural development. The fact that one person will come and he will take on the whole world, will succeed in conquering the world and returning all the Jewish people, making the whole world to serve one God, this is something which never happened before. And obviously, as, as much as we try to understand it, we're going to have to keep in mind that in essence, he will be able to accomplish this with a godly power that he has. And the Pasuk describes Mashiach, one of the most famous verses that the words the Pasuk uses is, Hashem. The Spirit of Hashem will rest upon him. Meaning whatever he will accomplish won't just be a human accomplishment. It's a revelation of a very deep godly power that will be revealed within the world. Yes, it will be revealed even within nature. But inherently, it's a godliness that's being revealed, that's being fused into nature. And therefore, that's the only way of, we cannot really explain as much as we could try to, you know, explain it in some natural terms. Obviously, it's not, we, the fact that one person will take on the world and change it so drastically represents something which is higher than nature. Although it could, you know, we could explain, give some natural understanding how it will happen, but in essence, it's, it, 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 it surpasses nature. And, and I, I think the, uh, the, the, the best way of understanding it in a very practical way is the following uh, conversation, dialogue that Rebbe had in Tavshin Chav Gimel. There was a group of students, Rabbi Shmuel Luzel Zayin brought to the Rebbe, and they asked the Rebbe a number of questions. It's Chabad.org, there's... Um, they have a transcript of this where the Rebbe speaks to um, the Rebbe speaking to college students in 1963, and basically they got onto the discussion of Mashiach, and they asked the Rebbe uh, about if he believes Mashiach would come within the next 50 years, and the Rebbe said, "Of course, don't push him off so late, whatever." And the Rebbe ex- started explaining that people look at Mashiach as something which is completely supernatural, and it's hard for them to understand how one person can change the world, how Mashiach will be able to change the world. The Rebbe said, in today's day and age, it should not be so difficult for us to understand how some, somebody could change the world. We see today how a new discovery comes out, an event happens that changes everything, the way how the whole world runs. And the Rebbe explained, the Rebbe said, 
that imagine the Rebbe explained it, gave a, a marshal, a, a way of illustrating it. The Rebbe said, imagine if someone invents a new type of weapon which is so powerful that it could neutralize every other weapon that exists today. That person will have absolute power. He'll be able to dictate to everyone how they should conduct themselves. I mean, he has something more powerful than the atom bomb. He has something, he has a type of weapon that no one could challenge, and and he has a, such a person has the ultimate power. The Rebbe said the same thing as even in electronics. Somebody that has a, a hold over technology could develop a whole new technology that everyone needs, and so on and so forth. Such a person has great power. So the point that Rebbe brought out is that although, and the Rebbe highlighted, the Rebbe, when the Rebbe mentioned this to the student, the student was amazed. You know, he said he always looked at Mashiach as a supernatural concept, but now he realizes that it's something that could be understood even logically, even naturally. And the Rebbe's response was that, in essence, he also believes that Mashiach is supernatural, but because today people find it hard you know, to look at it in those terms, so it helps prepare ourselves for Mashiach the way the Rebbe said it, that will you know, save Mashiach a certain amount of his job if we're ready for him by understanding ahead of time that this could happen. But nevertheless, obviously it's not something, as the Rebbe was highlighting, as even though we could try to rationalize it, explain it in natural terms, we have to keep in mind that inherently it's something supernatural. And this is also one of the things the Gemara says, is that, Mashiach will only come suddenly. Gemara brings a teaching that three things come suddenly, Mashiach, a Metziah, somebody finds something out of the blue, and a scorpion, a scorpion that bites someone out of the blue. These things happen suddenly. And obviously there's many interpretations to this teaching of our sages, but one basic interpretation is when people try to figure out how Mashiach will come, they try to, whether they're trying to figure out a sequence of events that will lead up to Mashiach, how exactly Mashiach will enter the show, this this will take place, this war will take place, this development will happen. When people try to figure out how it will happen, they are missing the point. Mashiach is something which inherently will be a sudden change, something, you know, like uh, we, we've seen in the past few years, for better, for worse, so, you know, certain things hit and the whole world was changed in a few days. So in other words, the Mashiach will come, the, the, the Gemara is trying to highlight, don't try to rationalize or, 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 or try to figure out, predict how Mashiach will come, when he will come, what sequence of events has to take place. Mashiach inherently is something which is beyond explanation, beyond, beyond calcula calculation and speculation. And that is the proper approach you have to have to Mashiach. That is why a person can say, you know what, I believe Mashiach will come, but because I'm taking a natural approach, so I believe it will take 20 years for everyone to figure out doing this, another 20 years that, and then Mashiach would come. That is a wrong approach. When we try to limit Mashiach to our limited rational understanding, we are taking something which is infinite and we're turning it into finite. So the first thing is we have to keep in mind that Mashiach is something inherently which is beyond intellect. It's something which is the spirit of Hashem, a very great godly revelation. On the other hand, we have to realize that this great godly revelation will not be separate from nature. On the contrary, the whole achievement of the future redemption is that we're taking the highest godly revelations and bringing them within nature, within the actual nature of the world itself. So therefore, with this, you know, the, the, the Rebbe expressed, the Rebbe 
with many times speak of Mashiach coming in supernatural terms. But there was one time, the Rebbe was at Yom Kippur, Tavshin and Beis, the Rebbe said that the coming of Mashiach at this point doesn't even need a miracle. Doesn't need a concealed miracle, an open, an open miracle, even a concealed miracle. The Rebbe said, the world is, is ready. The world, because we refine the world, it's a natural thing to happen. All we're missing is the Tnua Achas, the actual movement of Mashiach entering the world, because the world is ready. And this is what the Rebbe required of, told us in Tavshin and Beis, that we should open our eyes and see, which means if we look at the world, we'll realize that the nature of the world, the way the world runs, the world is ready for Mashiach. Now again, this is very different than saying that the world, that Mashiach is a natural development, because saying that Mashiach is a natural development is limiting it to a pure natural sequence of events. Or pure natural, it's not just a bunch of scientific discoveries and other things taking place. It's a great godly revelation taking place. But on the other hand, if someone understands what Mashiach is from an inner perspective, from a Torah perspective, will understand the godly element of Mashiach, if we'll now look back at the world, we will come to realize that the world is ready. The world inherently, if we view it from the, the, the Mashiach lens, we will see that the world is ready now for a state of no war, of no hunger, of a world that's completely consumed in learning about Hashem. Obviously, there's a certain facade that the world is still showing to us that we have to overcome and look deeper, as the Rebbe said, to open our eyes. But the nature of the world, the world is, is and, and, and plus with all the natural developments that are taking place, we see that this is something which the world is ready for this revelation. So when it comes a time when Mashiach will come and the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem, this won't be a radical change, a supernatural change. This will be something that the world is hungry for, is thirsty for, the world is ready for. So what I would say is that if we try to rationalize Mashiach in the sense that we're trying to limit Mashiach to our rationale, then that might be missing the boat. But if on the other hand, we realize what Mashiach is, we understand that Mashiach is a great godly revelation, the greatest godly revelation, which will transform everything, transform the whole Seder Ishtash, this whole spiritual world, this physical world, and we now look back at the world and say, is the world ready for this revelation? Could we see, look at the world and see how the world is reflecting this revelation 100%? The world, the more we look at it, we see how the, you know, the, as Rebbe spoke about the famous Zoyar, how the revelation of the, of the secular wisdoms and the teachings of Chassidus Lahavdal are to prepare the world for the seventh millennium and that all the scientific developments are really a way of preparing the world for Mashiach, and so on and so forth. So if we look at it from that perspective, how nature is mirroring and reflecting, the, 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 the how, how nature is showing how the godly revelation is becoming manifest within nature itself, this is obviously a very important and crucial element for ourselves in, in understanding Mashiach. So I think that the, uh, the takeaway from this is that in essence, Mashiach is something which we take, there's two parts to our perspective of Mashiach. There's the faith, there's the transcending belief, and there's the seichel, there's the understanding of what Mashiach is. We have to be able to internalize the faith into our intellect. In other words, from one hand, we have to have take Mashiach from a level of faith, of complete transcendence, of a godly revelation. At the same time, we have to be able to now internalize it in a way that it should affect us and see how in our own daily life we could live a Mashiach life, we could make it part of our day-to-day 
worldly interaction because the nature of the world now is in such a way that it could that it's reflecting Mashiach. Shem should help that we should see Vnikla Kvaita Hashem, we should see the the revelation of Mashiach, the revelation of Hashem's glory within nature. Take a Fumiyad Mamish. Classic Take is produced by Tudal's Podcast Productions, producers of the Daily Boost, the Weekly Fabrengan, Power Fabrengan, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.